on this week's episode, will Jughead be more like Jug Dead? Will sex make things awkward for Sid and Stan? Will Cassie begin to tolerate Bodie? Find out right now! What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be your host for the evening. Here with me, as always, is my good friend Ryan. What up, Cass? What's up, Ryan? I'm excited. I'm pumped. Dude, I know. Okay, so it is just me and Ryan here right now. Well, Mike's not here. Mike's not here, and that's I think that we, you and I get some one-on-one time. Yeah. We get to know each other. I'm We're going to su- talk about shows, whatever, but let's talk about us, you know? I'm just so excited for it to be just the two of us yes. and nobody else. Like We finally get to bond and just talk about whatever we want and really connect, and I'm w- excited for this. I want to get to know Ryan, and I want to get to know Cassie, but I mostly just want to get to know Ryan and Cassie, like mm-hmm. that twosome, and there's no, no one's going to come in and interrupt it, and uh, that's the best part, at you know? At no point is anybody going to just come into the studio. At no point. Well, what, what does that sound? Airplane. What does that sound? Why is there? Why? Hey guys, what's up? All right, we, who is this surfer person? <laughs> hey, yeah, it's Caitlin. You know, hi. I uh, haven't seen you in a while. Like, I missed you, so I figured I'd come over here and visit you guys. What the fuck? Did you just hear there was like a magical moment happening, and you just had to come in? You do you just have like a third sense of when a magical moment's happening? Oh, I uh, yeah, and then I become part of it. Yes. Uh, is that- Cassie, when you brought your bag to yeah. the studio. Was it like... It felt a little was heavy. Was it heavy? Yeah. It was a little heavy and I should have checked it because I didn't know that I was bringing on this vagabond. <laughs> That's me. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always catching rides on Cassie's back. I'm like Yoda. I whisper in her ear and I tell her all the good things. I don't She's know like, if it's good things. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself instead of just being the vagabond that's speaking to everybody? Hi, I'm Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. And I'm on a natural 20s with you and I've decided... It's not... I don't no, it's not. No, what are we doing? Did we save? We saved that for the end. God, you come into this studio and you want to plug yourself right off the bat. <laughs> so I, I have no idea who any of you are. I'm new here. Hi, bye. I don't know what this show is that you're speaking of, but it's probably full of rude people yeah, who just, just interject plugs in the beginning of the show. Just sneak into people's backpacks. Cassie, if I ever find out that you're affiliated at all with this rude show, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> Ryan, I would never. Okay. I, would, I could never jeopardize this show in any way at all. Is our podcast at the level where we can sign like ex- exclusivity contracts? You just yeah, you gotta devote yourself to one. Because it feels like the way podcasts work is, if you are on one, you're just on as many as fucking possible at all times. <laughs> but that's not how it works here. You guys got to sign. You signed the blood contract, right? I did. Yes, I can only be on uh, all seventeen of the Pop Filter podcast, yeah. and then all, uh, any other podcast that asks me, I will do. Any yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you do, it is in our writer that we do have to introduce uh, your pop filter right off the bat before we introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Caitlin, how many how many podcasts are you on? I We don't care. Please don't. Uh, it's not the time. Yeah, it's not the, the time fuck, to dude? plug it's, this. Save it for plugs. Uh, I'm on this podcast. That's right, right you now. are. How excited are you to be on this podcast? Well, you know, as Yoda, um, I'm pretty stoked to be on anything. So Okay, uh, let me get the Yoda thing right. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. a different Star Wars part where a Chewbacca carried around a broken C-3PO, C-3PO. on his back. Yeah. I would say you're closer to that than Yoda. Because I'm in pieces, need to be built back up. Yeah. Everyone loves me. I'm lovable. 
nowhere near as smart as you think you are. I know the odds every time. <laughs> You're going to lose an arm at some point. But I will say your Yoda asking that, uh, typically when you say a sentence, the words are out of order. So, <laughs> But is she a mad genius for that or just mad? I, the, ha- the hair is saying it's a mad genius. <laughs> That's what we're going to figure out today. We're going to get to the bottom of that, but we're also going to be digging into what's going on on Riverdale and also all the other TV shows that we are watching this week. <laughs> on this week's episode of Riverdale... Alice Cooper decides she's going to get back into the news game by filming a low-rent exploitative news piece about her own grieving daughter. The story doesn't unfold exactly as Alice Alice expects, as she eventually learns that Betty and her friends are tricking the town and, what? Jughead isn't alive? It turns out the Stonies attempted to kill Jughead, but it didn't take, so Betty decided to hide Jughead, fake his death, throw a funeral, and buy herself some time to solve the case. Let's get to Betty's plan in a second, but first, Taste Buds, I ask you this. How long were you watching the episode before you knew Jughead was alive? So I didn't even watch the episode beforehand, and I, like, I don't know. You can't kill Jughead. It was, like, as soon as the title screen came on with some bullshit quote from Jughead, from Jughead. himself, I was like, all right, this bitch ain't dead. This bitch is fully alive. That's what we talked about last week, is that he narrated last week's episode yeah. from the morgue, I guess. And you can do that. That's stylistic. That's cool. But... It was it, it. It didn't play out exactly like I thought. I thought that we were all in Jughead's novel. I didn't think that they were gonna fake a chorus. By the way, spoilers. We should probably warn everybody listening. Um, but I started thinking when this all went down about contracts, and I don't know if that's what you're supposed to think about when you're watching a TV show. But we're close to the five year mark. These kids are like getting more famous. Do they want out of their contracts? Oh, and so was this a way? It could possibly be he wanted out. It's definitely not a storytelling choice. It's if if he dies, it's definitely because. Cole Sprouse. Cole Sprouse uh, wanted out of the show. Mm-hmm. But then I would say I would say at like the 20-minute mark of this episode when Archie and Betty are kissing yeah. and Cheryl's taking pictures and Veronica's freak out, I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> They're all fucking lying. <laughs> this is all planned. All these shitty actors. Like that was the moment. Like it was making me, it was driving me so fucking insane watching this episode because like you could tell, like, the way they were reacting, reacting to each other and situations was just so absurd and not how people react. And you knew it was because Jughead wasn't dead. So I was like... But think about that. You're saying that about Riverdale. Riverdale. A, on a show where nobody can act and everybody responds weird and everything. This was double down on that. Yeah. On a typical Riverdale, the plot was moving so fast for an episode of Riverdale that I was like, all right, this is bullshit. This is, this is entirely too much. As soon as, like, uh, J- JP, JD... Uh, Jughead's dad, as soon as they just saw, like, they got the one piece of evidence, and they were like, he was like, cool, arresting all the friends. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. uh, JD, th- those are like normal initials names. His is FP. FP. Something that nobody has ever been named in the history of time. Florence Pugh. Fucking Pete. Florence Pugh. Fucking Pete. That's what I is. Now he's fucking Pete to me. Forsyth something. Who's... I've never met a Forsyth before in my life. No, yeah, that's a weird one. I know someone with the last name, but... It's a fake-ass name. It is. It's fake as shit. It's like someone made it up. But was there there a reason that this was filmed like a documentary? Like, do you think that added anything? Well, I think that a lot of these shows, like maybe three, four times a year, will just decide to do something different, Mm -hmm. like a musical episode or a bottle episode or whatever. So this was done mostly, although not really mostly, in the style of Alice Cooper's um the video that she's making and i kept thinking the whole time like where did she get her equipment yes did she travel back in time to get it uh like it's got like the the date and the time at the bottom of the camera if i was 12 watching this like i wouldn't understand what this shit was that she was using everyone has phones 
that are ten times better than all yeah. the equipment that she's using. And it's it's I think it's once again proof that the writers of these teenagers are forty to fifty year old men who yeah. are just going to like they just want to do what they grew up on and not like what is actually happening right now. Also, yeah. Kevin using two cameras at once and running back and forth from each camera was beautiful. <laughs> it was. I don't know why he had to change into Mrs. Doubtfire every time he ran to the second one. That seemed like an overkill. But yeah. Kevin, once again, we're trying to get him stuff to do, and then he's behind the camera. You know, yeah. like, we just don't see enough of him. There was, they got so desperate, they're like, you know what, just run between these cameras. But I did enjoy, like, all the interviews in between with each of them to see their experiences. Like, specifically, like, I just got to have a highlight reel every time I watch of Cheryl. <laughs> so the moment when they put Cheryl behind it, and she was like, it was like supposed to be like, you know, how did you feel about Jughead? Like, this touching moments, like, to play, like, in memoriam. And Cheryl was just straight up like, um, I'm sorry I called him, like, a Neanderthal that one time yeah. or whatever. I was like, a hobo, God. yeah. A hobo. I was like, fucking Cheryl, I adore you. I'm really sorry I called him. <laughs> she had to repeat it too. I'm really sorry. And, and then they go to Reggie and Reggie's bummed because he thinks it's a prank and it's going to outdo Reggie's oh, senior yeah. prank. And I thought that was pretty good because every time something like this happens and somebody dies, not everyone is sad. Yeah. People, yeah. Not everyone can be sad about every death. People fake it for the camera. But in reality, you're just thinking very selfish thoughts. And that's what Re- Reggie was like, oh, I'm not going to fucking cry. I'm just going to be <laughs> Reggie right now. Especially especially if that person that died is Jughead, like the school like weirdo who's like, right. I was just writing. Like, you're not really going to be that sad. Like, you know, <laughs> is it, was it a good prank? I'm bummed then. I think you have to fake sad just so people don't think you did it. Yeah. You're the, that you're the murderer. Otherwise, who gives a shit? But I've, there's two. Cheryl and the, my homie not giving a fuck. They're like, I'm not even straight up to your girlfriend's like mom. Like, I'm not going to pre- mm-hmm. pretend for a second. But there was also that moment where uh, Betty's mom, where uh, before Betty was about to be interviewed for the murder, where she was just like, okay, I know you fucking did this. So uh-huh. I was like, what is the purpose of this? Well, Alice Cooper, once again, winning murder of the, or mother of the year, not murderer, <laughs> uh, mother to a murderer of the year, because um, she knows for a fact her daughter did this mm-hmm. and is just like trying to sit on it. Also tried to help her cheat at the, uh, the trivia beat a couple episodes ago. But then is also, like, the whole premise of the episode is that she was like, oh, my, my daughter's so sad. Because she believes that Jughead's dead. Yeah. She's grieving. I'm going to film all of it and get myself famous on it. Like, she's a stage mom times 10. Oh, for sure. She knows every moment to capitalize on. Uh, there's also the Stonies, which I've never seen the Stonies before, so this is my introduction to them. Uh, and my introduction was them trying to tip over Jughead's casket. <laughs> like, whether you think this dude is dead or not, you're going to go tip over a casket? So with the Stonies, the whole time, Brett, the dude, has been, like, the big bad. Yeah. And then now we were slowly learning, and then in this episode definitely learned, that it was actually Donna, the short girl next to him. That she's has the brains. Been the, yeah, she's the brains of the outfit. Um, that casket part was my favorite part of the episode because Brett goes, <laughs> Brett's always like the, the buff, like I'm in charge alpha male. And he goes to tip over the casket and a serpent grabs him. And it, the first words are out of his mouth were like, you heard her. She told me to do it. <laughs> like, wait, way to go, Brett. Way to take charge of the situation. <laughs> like that means anything. Like straight up, she was just like, do it now. <laughs> he was like, oh shit. I gotta do it. She told me to. He's a weak one. Uh, do you guys buy Donna though as like our new villain for the rest of the season? I mean, it wasn't really, like, selling for me. Uh, it, she might be able to build her character more for us to, like, seem like where she's just, like, if she's truly crazy, which she probably is, you know? Like, it might be able to be more believable. But, like, r- as of right now, I wasn't really I think sold she's on it. too loud in order to be, like, an effective villain, if that makes sense. I feel like more villains are more slanky and, and go in the background where she's just, like, 
tried to push out a goddamn casket. Like that's. I mean, that's a good point. Like she wants to be the secret person behind the scenes, like the Wizard of Oz, who was yeah. like pulling the levers, but she just can't. She can't help it. She has to like blow her cover all of the time. Uh, yeah. I. If it was a different show, if I had more faith in the show, I think they could do cool things with the fact that if Donna is going to become like successful in the boys club that is Stonehenge or whatever it's called, <laughs> then she has to act like this. That could be interesting. Or as a foil to Betty, showing that like Betty is actually just as bad as Donna. Yeah. You know, and there's some scenes where like they sort of show Betty and Donna together and like they're equally evil. It's just that we're more attached to one character. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're gonna they're probably not going to take advantage of all that stuff on their plate. Not no. until they listen to this episode, Ryan. You're giving that good stuff. <laughs> about to be some rewrites going on. Um, I do got to talk about the moment real quick. Uh, actually, it's as long as we need, honestly. Because <laughs> I'm the goddamn host. <laughs> <laughs> the moment when... Uh, so they're trying to sell the ruse that like Jughead is dead. And you know because Betty has moved on. And that's when you see like her and Archie go to kiss in the music room. And then during Veronica's big speech where she's like, she finds out that uh, this has happened and that she's been betrayed. So she makes a huge scene, this huge speech. And she mentions that like, you guys had to go to the music room, which is just <laughs> your room where you bring all the girls. The Archie fuck room. The yes. Archie fuck room. And a lot of those uh, affairs, no one else knew about. Yeah. So like, she was just revealing, she did not have to say all of that <laughs> shit in her the, great acting performance. The music teacher though. Yeah. She that was, was the best moment. Grundy. She was like, me, Betty, Miss Grundy. And I was like, did everybody know? No. <laughs> <laughs> Betty the whole time is like, no, 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 look at your that's cue card. Too, that's, that's too much. That's Veronica, <laughs> memorize the script, please. We don't have time for improv. That's what I was wondering. Like, was this pre-planned? Like, they were like, oh, go to the music room. That will be like a moment. Or they just happened to pick the music room and Veronica was like, oh, shit, this is my moment where I could just <laughs> drag Archie this uh, yeah. son of a bitch. I mean, she's feisty, you know? Like, maybe her uh, temper got the better of her yeah. and then she just started going off. I do think the MVP, though, of the whole uh, charade was absolutely Cheryl. Because, and I don't know what is worse, um, one that they could play on Cheryl's nosiness that much, where like they just said things around her and knew that she would follow, follow through follow, on their yeah. plan. But at the beginning of the episode, Cheryl says, <laughs> Cheryl says to Betty, uh, I'm worried about you, and now you're on suicide watch, <laughs> and I am going to watch you on suicide. And then 10 minutes later, sees her kissing Archie and says, I'm going to take pictures of this and send it to every single person. <laughs> What is going to make you, as a high school student, commit suicide more than exactly what Cheryl is doing? Also, Cheryl, turn off the uh, photo sound effects on your camera. Why are they so loud? They always have those on, always in all the movies. I don't know why. We could see her thumb go over the button to take the picture. We don't need that. (laughs) We know how phones work. But that was my favorite moment because she just like caught them and she was just like, oh man, I can't believe you. I have to do this now. I just have to text the entire school and let them know about this moment. It might be instinct like Veronica going off and saying all of these affairs that she shouldn't have in her moment. It might be instinct for Cheryl saying like, I'm so worried. I don't want her to commit suicide. I'm going to help her. But I can't not do this. And then just go send it to all the people in the school. Like my favorite part is that it seemed like she just had a giant group chat already made that uh-huh. was like the school. This is the school. When Whenever I need to drop some gossip, here it goes. Also, she sent an it, yeah, she sent a text message to everyone. She could have just posted that on Instagram or social media, and it would have done the same no, thing. No, it was personal. It was, <laughs> but she had to make it more personal when she cons- went, confronted Veronica in the bathroom, and she was like, "I'm gonna break your heart right now." Yeah, <laughs> get ready to get devastated because su- it's Cheryl time. <laughs> I super hate to do this to you. Oh no, that's what, I fucking love Cheryl. You guys, the highlight reel of Cheryl on every episode. But Veronica did bring some uh, some good moments, and I do. 
need to clarify, is Veronica's sister name Hermosa? Yeah, sister. Were you just sister? Yeah. Sister's name? <laughs> okay, that's all I needed. That was my biggest mystery while watching this. I was like, is her name literally sister? It's like in Arrested Development where all the brothers... Hermano? Yeah, Hermano <laughs> thought that she was having an affair with somebody named Hermano. <laughs> it's so good, you guys. Um, um, does the predictability of Jughead being alive, does that ruin the episode? Or is Riverdale at the point where, like, yeah, we know he's alive. This is sort of like reading comic books. You know, we know yeah. that when somebody dies, they're not dead. Is it is Riverdale able to, like, have the journey be worth it, even though we know the outcome? I think parts of it landed. Like the Archie and uh, Betty line. Like, I didn't expect that at all, and I didn't know where that was going. Uh, so I think that one hit. But what I- was the Archie and Betty line? Where are well, their whole, like, they're a couple now kind of thing or like she's moved on to him like that worked for me but the whole like the mom filming it that was just over the top like i didn't need this kind of thing it felt like a gimmick forced in there definitely that that's what made it feel not genuine and not real but then we got to get to what we got out of all of it is that at the end Artie and betty might sort of actually like each other yeah Yeah, of course they got to go back to that they're like you know what it's been a while since these have been these three have been in a love triangle like let's bring that back it's been like episode two Mm -hmm. of the entire series and the whole comic book as far as i know was based on this love triangle oh yeah and the show has just avoided it uh are we are we in it now are we in the triangle i'm assuming that they're gonna like if they planted that i feel like that is something that they will continue on for sure if you're jughead do you then make a play for veronica Saying, like, well, four can play at this game then. <laughs> I know, like, it would take one of them. Like, one of them would propose that idea. Probably Jughead as, like, some, like, plot. And then Veronica is like, yes. Like, she will go full board. Like, did you see that performance? She will go full off on this. She's like, yeah, fuck that guy. And then Hermosa in the other room is like, what? What's up? <laughs> what need, are we doing? <laughs> do you need a passport? I got them. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was, I feel like it almost worked for me. There was just, it, a lot of it was frustrating. So, I don't know if, like... It could have been done better, or what I needed from it, but it was it was kind of a frustrating episode for me. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, I, th- I think the episode was okay, but I think it's, it once again suffers from peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Like there are lines and there are twists, it, like in every episode of Riverdale. That like, oh yes, yes, thank yeah. you very much. And then you have to wait longer till the next time that you you have that feeling. You know that one again. Yeah, you got to go through the bad times to appreciate the good, and right. you do that with Riverdale. Fix it with more Kevin, I think. They're trying, man. <laughs> By throwing him in for two seconds, they're definitely trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, that was this week's episode of Riverdale. Coming up next, we're going to dig into... Actually, we're going to be reading some emails in the bullpen. All right, you guys, welcome to the bullpen. We've got some emails from all you listeners. Hold on. it's Is this the bullpen that you brought us to? Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of hot. There's no... Air conditioning. Listen, I don't. There's no drinks available for us. I'm sorry. How what, ba- did you design this bullpen? How bougie, bougie do you want this? I get, I've provided a room. Can There's I just some have some loose crackers on the table? Loose I don't know crackers. What, what else do you want from me, Ryan? In this time of the coronavirus, you have like sprinkled loose crackers mm-hmm. everywhere. And I've touched and licked them all. <laughs> <laughs> do you have coronavirus? Yeah. Okay, good. Is that uh, why they're salty? No, that's my tears. Oh, okay. I just cry on everything before I serve it and oh. before I eat it. What the fuck restaurant is this? That was nice can, of you. Can I just uh, let me give one suggestion? Yeah. Ottomans. 
I think Ottomans will just class up any room. Oh, you think we have Ottoman money here? You want me to just throw Ottomans in here? Well, I've noticed that you have the Ottoman, and that Ottoman looks like it was worth the price of like three normal Ottomans. We yeah. could all have Ottomans if yeah. you didn't have such a classy Ottoman. How would you know I was the host and to respect me? Did you buy you... that at Ottoman Empire? Yeah. Yeah, they have the best Ottomans. Uh, they really do. I feel like the Ottoman out right now. Do you feel comfortable in this bullpen, Caitlin? I've provided the best for you. I already told you. I feel like the Ottoman out. All but right. I do like the crackers a lot. The tears really make them taste really good. Well, you hate crackers that come from an unopened sleeve that yeah. you can see have not been touched by people. Yes. You like the ones that have been clearly touched and been virused Touched, up. licked, cried on, all of the above. Loving it. Loving it. You absolute dirty vagabond. I love that. Is this why they, uh, our fans call us crackers? Just We <laughs> always is, talk about crackers? Yeah. yeah I'm okay. sure this is it. But you guys, speaking of our fans, we got some emails from some listeners. Uh, you can email us, contact at your pop filter. Our first email of the evening, you guys, is from Lick My Chops, Mutton that is, at Yahoo. <laughs> and they want to know, hey, TBs, first time, pretty new time here. I was wondering, since y'all covered comic book shows, what your favorite comic character, company, artists, writers, runs are? Whoa, that's so many that questions. That was a lot that they want to know all at once. So we do comic characters. Do you guys want to go one at a time and we each answer or give them all to me and only I answer and you guys say nothing? Oh, you know what, Ryan? One of those sounds like a good podcasting technique. The other one sounds like trash. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just go through all yours. All we want to know is the Ryan time. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? My favorite character, uh, I wish, I mean, I could do second. Okay. Because my, uh, it's just Spider-Man and it always has been and always will be and that feels kind of weak. That feels sort of like basic, but... Uh, my attachment to Spider-Man runs so, so deep, I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Both me and my wife and Spider-Man are in therapy right now trying to figure <laughs> out like how, how to, we handle this. How yes. to handle this. Is there a certain version that you like super like are protective over that is your like go-to or you find like no matter what? When I first started getting into comics, um, I got into like this sort of TV show. Um, at the same time, this type of TV show that was sort of like 90210E, mm -hmm. and then that sort of lasted for a while. Uh, I have a podcast called The OCD. Not that this is plug time. But <laughs> I, Ryan, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, in that era of Spider-Man, it was like he would put on the costume and fight a villain every once in a while, but it was just like him and his friends hanging out and going through drama, and I was oh. hooked. Yeah. So much of Spider-Man's, uh, my love and most people's love for Spider-Man is actually love for Peter Parker, mm -hmm. and so that's why it happened you know the old thing about how dc it's superman and batman first clark and bruce second yeah marvel sort of flipped that and that's why i'm a marvel person wow yeah that was a real moment <laughs> it's precious <laughs> caitlin who is your favorite character uh my favorite character is squirrel girl mm -hmm. uh doreen green um i like her a lot because she's an odd character because she has the power of squirrels and uh she is un like undefeated she beats everyone up and despite thanos having, right yeah she beats thanos up she beats dr doom like you name it she has defeated them uh because she's the unbeatable squirrel girl and i just love the fact that uh, someone with the power of squirrels and girl are <laughs> really connected <laughs> really just is able to like save the universe and save the world with just being positive upbeat and just and she totally wasn't awesome. just created because Squirrel rhymes with girl, right? <laughs> Not at all, no. And her character, uh, her sidekick's Koi Boy. And, That's very um, good. Let's see who else. Well, no, fuck Koi Boy. Well, Chipmunk Hunk, though. <laughs> How about good. him? <laughs> He's He'll he good. allow. He's good. <laughs> uh, Koi Boy, though, has the eyes of fish. Yes. And I do oh. not like when human eyes change into other eyes. Um, you know what I was just, like, all of a sudden, it just I had this memory the other day of the fact that there was a pilot for the New Warriors. With, led by Squirrel Girl, starring the AT&T commercial girl. Yes, you remember her? yes. 
And they made a pilot, and it was supposedly awesome Yeah. for Freeform. And then Freeform was like, nah. And then nobody else picked it up. And now we're just going to never have that show. Yep. And they have the AT&T Girl is now the voice of Squirrel Girl on the Marvel Rising uh, animated show, which I honestly, I thought she was going to be a really good Squirrel Girl, but I do not like how oh, she really? voices Squirrel Girl in that. I feel like she um, like makes her sound young and like dumb rather than super smart. And rather than like, full of cum. <laughs> Uh, Milana Weintraub. <laughs> yes, that's her name. Milana. Fancy. Yeah. I, I thought I would be a bigger fan of her, but I, I don't like how she voices her. Caitlin, who runs the world? Squirrels. Okay, I just wanted to know if it was squirrels or girls for you. I just wanted to know between the two. Um, Are you going to do a Beyonce like parody album all about squirrels? <laughs> Did you know that the, the graphic uh, novels, when they put all the comics together, one of them is called Who Runs the World Squirrels? Yeah, Ryan North is amazing. He's a writer for Squirrel Girl, and I love him so much. So he's probably your favorite writer then, he, yeah? Yeah, defo. Favorite Ryan? Ryan? Right, writer. Sorry. Writer, we, okay. Uh, we can't make her pick a favorite Ryan, not in front of you. That would be too cruel. <laughs> Off air? I do want to know, though. <laughs> but, I mean, before I go to my uh, comic book character, I just need you guys to remember that I am the host of this, and you guys should respect me before mm-hmm. I throw out my answer to this, because my favorite comic book character is Hawkeye. So That's perfect. Yeah. Wait, hot guy? Yeah. Hawkeye? Or Hawk- Hot guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the hot guy, he just sits around. He's shirtless all the time. It's all all stories about just like cleaning pools and stuff. Look, movie fans all have the same joke. How do you shoot arrows around people who have like actual baller superpowers? Yeah. Comic book fans know that one Clinton Barton is the fucking best. He's a fucking badass. I love him. And I love the whole series. Like he's just this dude. He's like always feels like kind of down on his luck. He's just getting by through coffee and he's out here. He's just like being a superhero and he's also pounding entire jugs of coffee at a time. And I love him. Superhero that is out solving crimes and drinking and is addicted to coffee. That sounds familiar to me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, do you guys have any favorite runs or series? Uh, the most recent series of Squirrel Girl yeah. uh, written by Ryan North and drawn by Erica Henderson is the best version of Squirrel Girl. The other ones, she really hasn't had her own run in, so he did really good with that. He just finished it up, and I loved it. R.I.P. R.I.P. to that one. I'm trying to think of uh, like comic book runs that are like our shows are based on mm. that I really like, and I don't think I read any of the comic books that we've yeah. watched shows about. You should still <laughs> listen to our show. Don't discredit that. Oh, wait. No, I got one. <laughs> Stumptown. Uh, Stumptown, mm-hmm. uh, a nickname for Portland that Cassie hates, yeah, is actually a spectacular comic book. That's where I first met Dex, and maybe that makes me a little biased to the show. Maybe I like it a little bit more than it is, because uh, I love how like sort of funny it is, but also it can get dark, and it's so noir, but it's like neo-neo-noir. Like mm-hmm. It's very 2020s, 2010s noir. Oh, that sounds cool. I got yeah. it. Like Nick Cage noir, like... You know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. No, no it's, 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 it's a little <laughs> less baked than that. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite run, there's a called there's a run with Scooby Apocalypse where it's just the Scooby-Doo characters. They're living in, it's like updated and they're going through a zombie apocalypse. Scooby is a cyborg dog. Shaggy has full tattoos. He's like full hipster. He's got a cool haircut. Man covered, bun? Uh, almost man bun. It's like slicked back. It's pretty long. And just covered in tats. And they're all just like cool rad dudes. It's like all the cool versions of them just in an apocalyptic world. And I fucking love it. I hate this. I hate every... (laughs) I hate all the things you're saying. Um, If you guys want to read something from that like run of DC's uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoons, Flintstones is where it's at. Flintstones. The Flintstones comic by Mark Russell was 
fucking amazing. No way. I swear to God. All right. I got to check that out. Well, you guys, uh, there's one question here, and the subject line is to save for when Mike is gone, which is very convenient. So I guess we got to do that right now. I would like to save it for when Mike is here, but I guess we could do it now. <laughs> They've simply requested sgreen at altavista.com wants specifically requested when Mike is gone. Is it Seth Green? It's probably Seth Green. <laughs> he probably uses Alta Vista for sure. So <laughs> they want to know, dear Tasty Buds, I'm a boutique chef, and I've been coming up with recipes to match with podcasts. If there was one part of your panelist, Mike, you'd want me to fillet and saute, which would it be and why? Okay. All right. It's, the oh, wait. There's what? a PS. PS. Not to rush, but your swift answer is imperative as not to spoil. Okay. So. Are they going to eat a Mike? I think we know where Mike is currently. Uh, I would say balls, right? Oh, I've got to go for the balls. Oh, oh, my God. I thought we were talking about the mics that we're talking into. We're talking about actual Mike. <laughs> Mike. We're eating actual Mike right now. Well, That's a good question, though. Would you rather eat part of your microphone <laughs> or part of Mike Gravano, panelist of Superhero Show Show? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say testes. Uh, one, because everybody thinks that I've seen them all the time, mm-hmm. like that I always look at them and I either see them live or in the picture book, the yeah, scrapbook We that do I have. get a lot of emails about that, yeah. I have never seen them. I bet they're fucking weird. I bet they're so weird. Um, and yeah, I'm going to look at them, mm-hmm. cook them up, and eat them. Are you going, are you like putting them on a skewer or is that less like something you cut up? How do you? I'm a, yeah, I'm going to skewer and then barbecue probably. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Caitlin, what part of Mike are you eating? I'm going to go for his calves. I know he has some awesome calf tats and um, I feel like there's not a ton of meat on there so I won't have to eat a ton. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so that's like also very good. It's um, The problem though is that there's not a lot of muscle. You're just going to have to cut off all that fat. Yeah, but you know, a lot of meat, it's better when there's a little fat in there. And I mean, this is all fat. So I... <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to be really juicy and good, do, I think. Do you think that if you cut off his, if you eat his Harley Quinn tattoo yeah. on his calf, that you will get the powers of Harley Quinn? Yes, that's my thoughts, actually. So, like, that's going to be okay. I mean, it's he has work, the powers right? from the tattoo, right? Like, hey, guys, have you loved the fact that, like, as Mike gets fatter, we also get to see what it looks like if Harley Quinn got fat <laughs> as she starts expanding? You get to see the evolution of Harley Quinn. <laughs> I am enjoying it. Um, I would I would keep, cook his mole, obviously. <laughs> what else would I go for? <laughs> Mole mole. <laughs> so S Green, let us know how Mike tastes. Email us again. Again, that is contact at your pop filter. Coming up next, we're gonna go to the pull list and dig into all the other shows we watched this week. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the poll list. We're going to start off with our episodes with I Am Not Okay With This. On the third and fourth episodes of I Am Not Okay With This, Dina takes Sid to a cool person party. While Dina and Sid are lying in a bed at a party, everything clicks for Sid, and she tries to kiss Dina. Dina does not reciprocate, so Sid runs away embarrassed. She's able to make it to an empty field before she explodes, literally and figuratively. An empty field, so she thinks, as we find out that Stan saw her decimate an acre's worth of trees. Stan decides he will become her mentor because behind every female superhero is a dude that has to explain to her how comics work. Taste buds, <laughs> I ask you this. Did, sh- did the show lose any momentum now that superpowers are more in the foreground and other people know about them? 
I don't think so. I didn't lose any interest personally at all. So I feel like like I'm still fine with it because we still got a good amount of drama. Like obviously with um her realizing her feelings for Dina and getting like denied was devastating. But then it's still like I got just as excited for her superpowers and for like the training montage. So for me, it didn't. Do you want to take a fucking victory lap right now? Because last week you talked about how Sid was clearly in love with Dina. I do actually. Yes, thank you for this moment. I just had a feeling you could tell that connection. I just didn't know when they would like announce it and when she would discover that feelings because we could tell but i'm glad that she got there so thank you for my victory lap it feels good and thank you netflix for not making yet another plot line last for 12 extra episodes we got right the fuck to it yeah it was like is this a thing it is (laughs) yep there it is (laughs) thank you netflix but yeah no for me it's working how about you caitlin uh i really liked it uh this whole show is really captivated me and i had no idea i would like this show just looking at it in the commercials i thought it was gonna be too spooky for me too spooky. spooky. Yeah, I think I just always think everything's going to be spooky. You come into a base like uh, that's going to be a little spooky. It's too spooky for me. <laughs> but no, candy it's just stores. Right. <laughs> um, I like even though that Sid and Stan's relationship has changed since the last episode. Um, I still think that that's the crux of the series is when they're talking and revealing things about each other mm-hmm. or like about themselves, whether it's personal things or where particular zits are on their body. <laughs> um, this is the thing, even though it's not going to be romantic, you know, and yeah. it does feel like that Stan understands that it's not going to be romantic. I don't know if she said she kissed a girl. She no, liked she it. didn't. She did not. She kept that part. Okay, so, because that's something that, like, boys, when you, when it feels, like, Stan's the kind of guy who was like, oh, well, then that means you cheated on me. Yeah. Even though, settle down, bud. You no, can tell he definitely had that, like, feeling. But when the girl says it was another girl, that sort of relaxes the boy. She, yeah. We didn't get that part. Like, Stan yeah. was pretty you know, okay with all of it. Yeah. He was okay with this. Um, but how, their relationship and their, like, uh, I don't know, growth, their maturity is going to be the key to this entire show. Oh, for sure. I got way more excited for them for this dynamic forum because I didn't really like him as a romantic, like, thing. Yeah. But I'm super into his, like, him being the trainer. Like, I didn't, like you, like you said, there always has to be, like, a guy, like, telling. So it should be a bit of a bummer. But, like, honestly, I was just super excited about, it. like, as soon as he put on, like, he tried to make his own like training montage and put on like I need a hero or whatever uh-huh, yeah. it was. That's when I like on this episode I became more into Stan. I was like I can, I like this character. So you started to stand. I stand Stan. Yeah, stand, stand. <laughs> I just want to come on here and say I stand Stan. Um, their conversation, their no look conversation on the uh, like opposite sides of the bowling ball thing, mm-hmm. where they're not looking at each other and she's sort of like talking about her night at the party. That's I mean that was like that's what I need from these shows. Yeah. I don't want to see heroes fighting villains. Even though that's the point of all this, I want those conversations. Yeah, no, it's like your like comic book series. Like we are here for like the like teen drama because they're doing it so well. So like I'm very into like the side plot lines and how they develop, and then you know a little sprinkling of some superhero. I really think they did the teens very good in this mm-hmm. show. Like uh, like you were saying with like uh, Riverdale, it so- it feels like someone who's like 40, 50 years old is writing teenagers. This feels very teenagers like i feel like i felt these emotions when i was a teen or like so many people i knew felt these emotions so it's like it's really good and just the simple fact of uh, putting them back to back where they don't have to see each other's faces is so much like like more full of truth you know like uh, everybody at this age not anymore now we're like very secure and like open (laughs) about all our feelings but when you're that age you don't want to see you don't want people to see your face you know and like having that like wall between them was perfect oh yeah there was, there's a lot of moments like where you did feel like you 
you go back to how you felt in high school, like when she's going to the party where she's like out of her league yes. and everything. And like you feel her nerves and like how she is there, like that 100% felt true to like the high school experience. And not wanting to unzip her jacket, even yeah. though her friend mm-hmm. said he, she looked good and stuff like Gets that. the dreaded question of, oh, you're going to wear that? Yeah. It's like, oh man, <laughs> I guess like, not, asshole. You guys, how many times do you get that of, uh, are you, so when are you going to start getting yeah. ready? And you're like, oh, um, <laughs> I'm definitely, I put a lot of thought into this, I thought, but here we are. Yeah, apparently when, I go out I'm only supposed to wear one thing that says angels on it or oh. zero things not all of the things <laughs> not like you're going straight to a game right I get that a lot when I'm in my normal clothes and people are like oh did they win it's like <laughs> oh it's not baseball season <laughs> this is just how I dress oh they are not playing because <laughs> you think yeah only somebody would only wear this if they were going to a game yeah. but no this is just how I dress um Stan I thought did a lot of like he was, he's not a perfect person. Like no. if he, he's not a incubus song, yeah. not song? A perfect. I don't know who sings it. Doesn't um, because for every time he rolls down the window slowly Stop. in the most perfect stand way, um, he also like has things where like he gets overly mad about Sid kissing someone, which he has no claim to Sid kissing anyone, yeah. and then has to ask. Did he dress better than me? Because Stan has got his priority. Yeah. You know, he knows who he is, and he's he knows what he can fall back on. That was a, uh, like, can we talk? Like, Stan was incredibly brave during that training thing, where to like push her that far. Like, as soon as like bowling balls started lifting, and he like went, he doubled down even harder. I was like, Dan, Stan, you fucking wild. For yeah, this but one. you're also an idiot. Yeah, oh, much for like sure. brave people. Oh, yes. Like, he could have taken a bowling ball straight to the head. Yeah, so easily. Like, she clearly doesn't know how to. You just saw her like deforest a whole forest, <laughs> and I was like, let me push her. <laughs> Stan is absolutely wild. Also, it seems like with his character, you're going to learn a lot more because if you notice, did you guys notice he had like a bruised eye? Yeah. 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 So like him and his his, uh, daddy issues and stuff like that, I'm sure. That was a moment where like, that was unique to like this series where the comment on it was clearly like she, like all that was mentioned was he was like, I don't know if you know, my home life is also shit. And she was like, yeah, I noticed. And that was the conversation that we had about that. And I don't know if they'll dig into it or what they'll do with that. But that was interesting because normally that is a, huge plot line that they really like latch onto. So I don't know what we'll do with that. But yeah, all teenagers are insecure. Like mm-hmm. that's how you're it, when you're born as a teenager, you're insecure. And so when you're insecure because you're insecure that makes sense. When you're secure, when you seem secure, that means that you're insecure for certain reasons. Yeah. So him asking, but I still dress the best is because uh earlier in these two episodes, he walked in and his dad was on the couch and said, "You look like a mm-hmm. homosexual slur." You know, mm-hmm. that's what his day. So he needs like please tell me that I dress okay because I don't have that in my home life. Yeah, you know? nobody is telling me this. this. Is, my punk rocking is not committing crimes or vaping. It's dressing like this. Mm-hmm. And I need some sort of like validation for it. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the moments with the mom where we finally got to see the mom like fully explode and we get to see why she is like, maybe not like why she is so bristle towards her daughter. Cause she, she feels like she like, we got to see that her dad wasn't the we the picture of her dad that we get from Sid probably isn't right, and now we get to see that from the mom. That, I mean, that's that's interesting. Not to like talk too much about me, and this is what we were supposed to do, me and you, Cassie. But then yeah. Caitlin invaded the thing. It's yeah. no longer the show, so go for it. Is that my mom was in a very similar situation, and uh, like because my dad died when I was a kid, he sort of Kurt Cobained out, you know, like mm. didn't live old enough to like piss people off and make people hate him. And so he was like this legend. My mom stayed alive. And so we were like, dad's the best and you're the worst. And she was like, but if you guys knew your dad, I don't know if you would say that, you know? My dad actually was not perfect at all. 
So that's got to be frustrating. And now Sid's at the age where the mom can be like, you know what? I'm not fucking uh, for your curly haired little chili making brother. I'm going to keep things a secret. But for you, I'm going to go off and say your dad was had flaws yeah. at the very least, you know? Yeah. she. You got to get real with her at some point because like she is like the mom is like trying to make it. She's like, I am still here. I am putting in the work for you. I may not be perfect. Like some things that one comment last week was still fucked up. Still don't do that <laughs> as a mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like you, she is an overworked mom who is still there trying what she can at least. I think the thing is that uh, you should tell your kids when they're being assholes. Yeah. But then also you have to go and apologize for some of the, like she <laughs> yes. should have at some point in this hour apologized for that heinous thing she said <laughs> so fucked up definitely wasn't my moment of the week last week but uh do you guys have moments this week uh mine was when the little brother actually made that that meal for him he's like okay, yes <laughs> it's like yeah i'll make food for you like i know mom told you to do it but i'll do it and then he makes his famous chili or whatever it is he basically just puts everything in the cabinet into like a bowl and makes some sort of oatmeal-ish mix and it's liam's loaded lasagna <laughs> liam's loaded lasagna. yeah it looked nasty and that she was- ate it she did eat it. That was my, I share the same moment of the week for you because it was, there was a whole lead up to it of like, the, he was doing the little brother thing of trying to like calm down this fight. And then you see him where it actually, he's cooking the dinner and he's got a little apron on, like all these spices are out and everything. And you're like, oh shit, this kid can actually cook. But At, then they flip it and they're like, no. Yeah. Right before they eat, he's like, oh, I've never cooked before. Yeah. <laughs> like, so this is my first time. Um, I also cook this way of like jamming, jamming as much shit into a bowl as I can. Let me give him some advice. Uh, three weird things is enough. He had like 14 or 15 weird things. You know, just stop at three. Yeah. Mine was uh, Stan's trying to do good and he keeps failing. He's also in the midst of like this whole montage trying to clean the bowling alley, like close it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a beer amid, a, a pyramid of beer cans that she's like trying to aim at. And then she leaves. And then out of anger, and this is so performative, like Stan's not an angry guy. He yes. just does this because he thinks tough guys do. He hits it over and then like waits a beat and he's like, Oh, now I have to clean that up. Like, that was perfect stand to me. This is my job. This is what I do. Great work. But yeah, uh, that is I'm Not Okay With This. It is on Netflix. You should watch it week by week with us. Next up is Sabrina. In the penultimate episode of Sabrina, we're picking right back up where the last episode left off as we see that Zelda's spirit is between two worlds after being shot. Meanwhile, Lilith and Blackwood are trying to protect themselves from Satan's murder spree, which the latter has done by putting the mark of Cain on him, and Lilith has done by putting Satan's physical seed in her and making herself pregnant. Yikes! Also going on in plotline J of this episode, Sabrina is trying to complete the final round of the unholy regalia where she has to steal Judas's 30 silver pieces from a vampire. This episode leads up to absolute chaos by the end, and literally everybody is getting stabbed, so try to track this with me, because Agatha stabs Dorcas, who then goes to stab Prudence, which then makes Prudence stab her in retaliation, but while stabbing Agatha, Blackwood stabs Prudence, so that she will tell him where the twins are, and surely this would be enough, except for it's not, because at this time, Zelda is starting to gain consciousness, but before she could come to, Blackwood stabs her too. Oh my god! So Taste Buds, (laughs) I ask you this. These are like powerful fucking witches and they're all just stabbing each other. Does this mean stabbing is the best way to kill? I guess, yeah. Like it's I mean, like, it's like how long were duels going on with swords, even though we had machine guns? Like, no, but it's not the dignified way to do it. The dignified, the more dramatic way. They always say stabbing's like a like a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like they just like after like so many seasons, they're like, I'm just gonna fucking stab all these bitches. I think there's another level above that. Put the knives down, slap fight, slap to death. Oh, Whoever can slap the hardest wins. <laughs> You guys don't have a slap fight later? <laughs> to the death, Cassie. To the death. That's what you're suggesting. Yeah, for the new host. We'll see. 
It's, that's how we're going to determine the next one. I want to see the biggest odds on our slap fight and who's going to come out on top. Let us know your guys' bets. That's Sabrina, you guys. It's on Netflix. You can watch it whenever, but you should do week by week with us. Next up is October Faction. On this week's episode of October Faction, Jeff and Viv are warlocks, and Alex is there to be a yoga... Yoda figure teaching them how to use their powers. Meanwhile, their parents, Dolores and Fred, are forced to team up with Seth's murderer, Mosh. Taste buds, I ask you this. If you were told that you had magical powers, would you prefer to be told by a big scary man who turns your evil cousin into a pig or by a woman who just kidnapped you? Oh, man. Oh, personal taste? Kidnapping. Kidnapping. Yeah. I've always always wanted to be kidnapped. Well, October Faction definitely sounds like it's for you then. <laughs> Kidnapping is just a normal crime. There's not like giants and magic. And yeah. also, I think I might have a thing for that. Like, I, like, <laughs> I might have a kidnapping fetish. Uh, so that's what I'm going to pick. Uh, I love that the parents' names were Dolores and Fred. That's the most parent <laughs> names I have ever heard. Goes by DD also. <laughs> that's so, very important to know. DD and Fred. And they had to team up with Seth, who's actually Fred's brother, uh, his murderer. So there's a lot going on there. A lot of tension right there. Um, And yeah, if I was a warlock, I definitely would want someone who came and turned my evil cousin into a pig because that's super cool. And I hate you. You hate your cousin. I hate my cousin. Yeah. Oh, everyone's got the one cousin, right? You got to At least into a pig. At least one could be turned into a pig for sure. (laughs) There's got to be one. If you could turn your cousin into anything, what would you turn him into? A nice person. Someone who's there for me, someone who takes. <laughs> if it, that's all I'm asking for in this world, I would want like a hedgehog because they can fit in your palm of your hand. They're kind of cute when you turn them upside down. That's well, until you freak out and kill one, <laughs> and then you have to bury it. Well, then it's my cousin, so like. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. to your cousin. Did you guys know right away? And sorry to jump back to, I'm not okay with this. That that was a hedgehog and not a. Ryan, of course we knew that was a you hedgehog. You knew that? Of course. Because it wasn't what? blue. Wait, what the fuck did you think it was? Well, it could be a guinea pig. It could no. be a rat. They no. all look the same. Oh, its oh. face was a little oh. more pointy. Do I have rodent racism? Ooh. Yes, you do. Ryan, we need to discuss this off It could air. be a porcupine. It looked like a baby porcupine. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I'm offended. Under no circumstances, Ryan. Have you guys? Did you guys see that picture that was going around on the internet of the baby platypus? No. Super adorable. Dude. I mean, platypus uh, in general like are uglier than possums, like the worst animal. But when they're a baby, they have all those future features, but they're so cute. The baby. Oh, man. Baby platypus. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> like the baby version, the best. Well, if you guys want to watch October Faction, it is on Netflix. Next up is Katie Keene. On this week's episode of Katie Keene, New York is experiencing a winter vortex, which means the gang is trapped indoors with only top ramen and their pent-up emotions. They're all holding nothing back as Katie lets Jorge know that he is selfish after he breaks her mom's sewing machine, and Josie is mad at Pepper because she believes that she leaked the incest story about the Cabots to the tabloids. For every action, there is a reaction, though, so you know my bitches are going to be petty in response as Katie rips up Jorge's dress, and Pepper lets Josie know that she ain't shit in this friendship. Don't worry, though, dear listeners, because this crew will never break up because there is nothing that they can't work through with a musical number and a good heart-to-heart. So, Taste Caitlin, I ask you this. In a show that's set in the Re- Riverdale universe, do you find it refreshing to watch a show with like this low-level drama? No. No. <laughs> no. no. The oh. fact that the Not only drama in this episode was basically that a sewing machine broke. Look, was- Riverdale sucks. Let's take the only good thing about it, remove it, and then just have that. <laughs> You guys, there's like there's touching moments to this one. That was her mom's last. That was what she was holding on to from her mom's memory. Okay, she was holding on to that sewing machine, and there was a box of her mom's stuff which she had not gone into. Yeah. And when she opens that, she decides at the end of this episode to open that box of her mom's stuff because it's like gonna cure her. She has all of her friends around her, and her mom, her friends stick their grubby little hands into her mom's box, and I was personally offended by that. Okay, sorry. I'm Can s- I jump in here real quick? Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay. 
Uh, sounds uh, less like a sewing machine and more like a so whating machine. <laughs> All right, you two, keep going. You kidding? You came in with that, Ryan? Fuck directly off. <laughs> God damn it. But Caitlin, so I'm a little bummed that this was the episode you came in on because yeah. I, I finally I have you to talk to the sh- yeah. talk with the show about. And it's not. It was an episode that was lacking like that Katie Keen factor because it was so. There's a storm going on, so it's more like a bottle episode because it's very rarely that they're out from this apartment. So we are just getting like this little moments of drama between each of them which like i guess if you're not there for the characters is probably a real bummer to watch but i like at least if you've been there for the characters i felt like it was a little interesting mm-hmm. are there any characters that you are into after watching this um i mean I, I watched one episode prior to this and i thought that one was way better than this episode mm-hmm. this episode i guess josie is like the one who i like the best yeah uh after this episode but i, I already liked josie on riverdale anyways josie keeps it very real she's like very much no nonsense yeah and still even on this show so i do enjoy that she's very good at like feeding off the drama but also it not seeming like too big of a drama mm-hmm. but it's like still big i don't know i really like josie in this and having the struggle with her trying to figure out if she wanted to cash that check that she got. And Which Pepper gave her good advice on. Pepper was like, yes, bitch, cash that check, obviously. I fucking hate Pepper. Oh, yes, thank you. No. Thank you very I much. Will, I will stand for Stan. I will <laughs> not stand for Pepper hate. Oh, whoa. You like Pepper? Uh, of course Loves I fucking Pepper. love Pepper. Who the fuck are you? She is swindling everybody. <laughs> I love this bitch. I hate her because she's swindling everybody. Well, you gotta respect the grift and you don't. <laughs> the thing that like we're trying to figure out with Cassie and her like reviewing of these shows is that you don't have to like the character that's exactly like you, you know? <laughs> And that's what Cassie's doing. Listen, nobody else likes us, so we got to like ourselves. What else am I supposed to do, Ryan? Well, Caitlin, I don't know if you will have a moment of this week because uh, it wasn't a great episode for you, but it was not. do you uh, have one? I do. It was the moment Katie Keen or Katie, she was the whole episode trying to sew this outfit for her boss so she can get a letter of recommendation into the college she wanted. And when she finally, you know, accomplishes that and makes something that she's really super proud of, the fucking boss who she makes it for and like who requested this in less than 24 hours puts it on and it's like ooh this is really good I actually really love it but I'm not gonna wear this at all to the event that you made this for I know you slaved over it for the past 24 hours didn't sleep or anything but I'm not gonna wear it so that was my moment of the week and like, you enjoyed that well because she was like <laughs> she's like I'm this hot shit like uh yeah it's good I like it but I'm not gonna wear it like yeah. it's, it's very power on brand. Move. Yeah. very on brand for her boss yes uh, my moment of the week is when they were doing the like musical number. There's a moment where Pepper breaks it all because uh, Katie is having none of it, and she was like, "This." She was like, "I know this is a bad idea, but Jorge just wants to fucking do this shit, so sit down and listen." And I was like, "Yeah, I I love that." Also, That's I- how groups of friends work. Like, I know friend A is an idiot. Yeah, this is friend B talking to friend C, but let's just let's just fucking do it, you right? Just let's do let's it just get him. over it. He's I, doing this whole thing. Just be here for it. I have one more moment of the week. Okay. Uh, it's when Katie, uh, she has to get into the sketching mindset and sketch a dress for her boss, right? <laughs> and she goes, I'm going to go sketch in the bath. And literally <laughs> takes her pen and paper, her which could probably get really soggy, and goes in the bathtub to sketch and then puts headphones on. Oh, no, if yeah. you're going to take a bath, do it on a TV show. Yeah. Where like everything <laughs> stays dry and you can yes. do whatever you want. Yep. That's the this, that's this show. That's why I love it. Katie Keene is on Thursdays on The CW. Next up, we are talking about The Walking Dead. On the 10th episode of season 10 of The Walking Dead, Daryl and Alpha get into a big fight, which leaves them both wounded. And Daryl looks like he's about to die until Lydia comes to his rescue. The Whisperers have tunneled to Alexandra, and Beta kills Laura. Then Beta gets shot in the chest, but lives on. Taste buds, I have to do this. With Beta... With Alpha, Beta, and Gamma fighting, who's going to host the sorority luncheon? And how are they going to raise money for the charity with all this drama? Uh, second 
Question first, car wash. It's just always do a car wash. Always. Um, when you were saying Alpha, Beta, and Gamma, I thought you were saying Alpha, Beta, the grocery store. Yeah. Do you oh, guys remember that shit? Yes, I do. Okay, because that's just gone now. Yeah, I know. We used to have like seven great grocery stores, <laughs> and now it's just like Ralph's and Trader Joe's. Yep. But well, do you need anything else besides Trader Joe's? That's yes, like, Trader Joe's up? sucks. I'm so sick of this shit. <laughs> Everyone loves Trader Joe's They're so much. They're good snackies. They have mochi. Okay. I didn't know that uh, my thoughts about Trader Joe's were like shared by the world until <laughs> Joe died. Did you guys hear about that? Joe recently died. Yes, yeah. I heard. The Trader Joe died. And I saw all these tweets about like, well, I hope uh, maybe I hope you can find a parking spot in heaven because <laughs> it's the parking. The parking is awful. <laughs> I can't park anywhere. My car is slightly bigger than compact and it's a, it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your nightmare. The Walking Dead is also a nightmare, but if you want to watch it, it's on Sundays on AMC. Next up, we're talking about Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, we take a break from the fun of last week's jaunt to Los Angeles to have an episode about severe PTSD. We find out that Dex wouldn't torture a woman to get information. If she had of, the military could have stopped a strike that killed Americans, including her husband. Have fun dealing with that, Dex. Meanwhile, Tukey and Gray help Dex's little brother try to ask his crush on a date. Mostly arguing about how many sentences you should say to a girl before you ask them out. Taste buds, I ask you this. How many sentences should you say before you ask someone out? 47. 47? 47. And you should count yeah. like out loud. If you Number hit- 17. <laughs> well, no, not out loud. Then you don't seem smooth. You got to keep being able- That's part of the like drive. You are able to count that 47 sentences without like physically counting it. I'm impressed. Okay. So the argument was between like four. No. So like, how's the weather? What are you into? Uh, what are you wearing? Stuff like that. Or zero. Mm. Walk up and just be like, yo, babe, you want to go out with me? <laughs> yeah, okay. let's do this. The but worst option right there, for sure. You can just go on AIM, go ASL. If it all matches up, then you're good. Just ask them out from there. Okay, Caitlin, this <laughs> yeah. is a situation, and I don't want to shock you. I don't want to yeah. freak you out. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. But when it's two people in person. Yeah. Oh, uh, mm, not very familiar with that. Do you say to the person, hey, can you go on AIM real quick? And they just <laughs> stand there next to each other aiming? No, you get your phone. You put on their ASL. You stand, you point it over to them they read it and they're like oh yes i'm gonna answer this on your phone and then answer back and then you go from there and have a beautiful romance is it age sex language location location so you're gonna ask someone that you're standing next to what is your location yeah like they may be from out of town (laughs) (laughs) location can also be like a mental state where are you at like mentally are you here i'm high as fuck (laughs) either one will work I just like, here's the worst thing to do. Get advice from other people. <laughs> That's always going to be wrong and stupid. Yeah. And they're going to do things that they wouldn't even do themselves. They just want to sound like they would do if they were cool. Yeah. Or they want to seem like good friends and that, like you should thank them for their wise advice. But it's in reality, terrible fucking advice. The best, the best way to do it of all time is from the movie Chasing Amy. You guys ever seen that? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, ben Affleck uh, sees the girl that he wants to talk to on a dance floor. And he starts cabbage patching backwards towards her and then hits her. And then turns around and says, what the fuck? You fucked up my cabbage patch. That, And then you can ask her out right after that. That's one sentence and then ask her out. Okay. That might be the one the one time I'll allow it. That might work. I don't know. <laughs> if it's specifically the cabbage patch and the cabbage patch only. I guarantee you both of you will get married to somebody who fucked up. You fucked up their cabbage patch <laughs> after I just said that. You could take bets on that as well. Uh, where can they watch the show, Ryan? Stumptown is on Wednesdays on, yeah, that's right. ABC. Oh, we got an ABC show. Ooh. Next up is Black Lightning. On the penultimate episode of Black Lightning, we learn Gravedigger is Jefferson's great uncle and the world's first metahuman created back in World War II. As 
intensity rises, Grace and Anissa pull together a wedding before the big fight with Gravedigger, only to be spoiled by the overconfident Jen, who goes off to take take care of Gravedigger alone. Taste buds, I ask you this. Gravedigger got his name (laughs) nickname because he dug graves in World War II. If we all became supervillains, what would your podcast villain name be? Because of what we did in World War II? <laughs> First of all, uh, before we, I get to that, and that's a really good question, yeah. I want to say that when I was a kid, monster trucks were big. Yeah! And I think one was called Gravedigger. Yes, yes it, was. it was! So every time you say somebody fought Gravedigger, <laughs> I think like they're punching a giant truck. It was the best the best monster truck besides the dog one. I can't remember that name. But yes, he has like the most lifted truck, all black with the green yeah. trimmings. The green and the purple. Yep. I met Gravedigger once. Oh, my God. You met Gravedigger. I I touched the tires, Ryan. You're just going to come in here and name drop I'm going to come in here and say that I touched Gravedigger. The big one, the mainstream one for basic people was Bigfoot, right? But then Gravedigger came in and stole the show. And then what about Trekosaurus? There was also Thunder. Do you remember Thunder? It It was a blue truck. No. no. Oh, did okay. Thunder do backflips? No. Gravedigger did. <laughs> so thank you very much. That's the only monster truck in my heart. But I don't know. If I was, if I got a name from what I do. Yeah, a podcast villain. Yeah, you know, Surprise a lot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's, my, that's also my rap name for sure. <laughs> what about uh, Brontosaurus? <laughs> okay, yeah. Because you say sorry a lot. Yeah. That, got, that's I, I that's sort there. of where I'm going with that. <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. And Caitlin, your villain name would be Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just act like Cassie. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> well, you guys, Black Lightning is on. CW is on Monday. Next up, we're talking about Lock and Key. On the fourth episode of Lock and Key, Kinsey is living that punk life now that she has removed fear from her head, which seems to have fewer consequences than we thought because it has made her a decisive, take-no-shit, badass bitch who isn't afraid to use home hair, hair dye, homemade hair dye. Her brother is also using the key to his advantage by literally throwing information into his head in order to hit on the girl he likes. Meanwhile, Mama is trying to learn more about Rendell's past, and Bodhi is just trying not to be murdered by Echo. A new discovery is made at the end, and we find out that Echo needs Bodhi to give the keys to her, so now she's going to go to the only worse kid than Bodhi, and that's the kid who murdered their dad. So, Taste Friends, I ask you this. Are you guys ready for the next episode to be like a full 45-minute suspense thriller episode as this kid just, like, hunts down this family again? I mean, it's weird. We keep going back and forth about, like, how much drama we want from our... Superhero shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved Peter Parker and all of his friends. And I love I'm Not Okay With This, a title of a show that I have to look at every time I say it because I will <laughs> yeah. mess it up. Yep. But this show needs to. And this was good. This It wasn't as good as last week, but it was good. But this show needs to find the balance between how much teen drama we're going to see mm-hmm. and how much like spooky key shit we're going to see. Yeah. Because when there's too much, the show really suffers. Too much of either. Too Is much what? of, no, just the drama stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I think that it's great at the spooky shit. Um, but this was a lot of walks, like teenage walks, teenagers walking next to each other. Like, I, like <laughs> walking in the library, walking in school. And maybe it's because the characters aren't strong enough or the dialogue isn't strong enough. But like it, this, it, it got weighed down because of it. Yeah. I felt that too. Cause it took forever. Like it was probably like 30 minutes. Like the, the whole beginning of the show was just like the two, like the two high school drama. And it was like, like kind of like almost like played out drama. Like the ones that you're used to seeing. I will say, though, that with Stan from I'm Not Okay With This and Dex's brother from Stumptown and then uh, Tyler Taylor from Lock and Key, uh, we're dealing with a whole bunch of flirting here and how to talk to girls. 
and one is not memorize a bunch of facts and then barf out those facts to the yeah. girl. That's never going to work, bro. Also, facts that she doesn't care about. It's <laughs> just like, oh, shit. Cool. <laughs> no. Thank you. Now all these facts are just trapped in my head. Now, thanks. <laughs> but I mean, I don't even know if that's a technique that would work. Like, you can, you got to try to seem interested. But if a dude just knows a whole bunch of facts that he's clearly memorized, like, that's just kind of creepy. Do you know how you know when you've gone too far, you say the year? If yeah, you ever say like yes. something happened in the specific year, shut the fuck up. Like, nobody, nobody cares, dude. Nobody knows the fucking years when things <laughs> happened. Uh, we got a lot of moments between um, her brother, like Tyler, and uh, the principal, where the principal is really trying to help this kid out and giving him a lot of advice. So, like, what episode do you guys think the principal is dying in? He, or, or the villain. Or the villain, for yeah, sure. Be villain. This guy is not echo-level villainous, but, like, he's a, he needs to take a step back. He's very intense. He either touches children or... <laughs> Uh, is very involved in the whole backstory and is going to be a bad guy. He yeah. has to be because he's not only feeding information to Tyler, he's feeding information to the mom about like what previously happened that she doesn't know about. He and is always coming in like, oh, what like, do you want to know? <laughs> I know something <laughs> about this, like just from the corner. And almost like a cheat. Like there's scenes where he was not involved in and yeah. he just kicks open the door. He's like, what, 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 what's up? Who's I, hanging out? I heard you needed answers and I'm here now. And he's- that's not how the show rolls because the mom is hanging out with Ellie yeah. who will not give it up. She oh, will yeah. not tell the, us the information. So that's how the show wants to go until this principal comes in and is like... Just everything. Yeah. What do you want to know? I'm your all. And look, you, look at this PowerPoint I made. You <laughs> definitely know he's a freak because he says, like, uh, me and my wife just started talking about plants and all you need to know to, like, hit on people is to talk about plants. Like, he's a freak for sure. Kids who, <laughs> kids who are transferring to a new school, the principal will give a shit about you that first day. And they, like, will pay way, a lot of attention to you that first day. If they do it on the second day, something is up. You need to report to a different adult or they have a lot of information about the spooky house that you grew up in. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Uh, We got a lot of like mom redemption in these episodes that we watched this week. So in this one, we get like a very real moment between uh, Kinsey and her mom where like Kinsey, after she goes into her mind and watches a memory where she thought her mom wasn't like there at all that day and she sees that she was, we get this moment with Kinsey where she was like, I'm sorry that like... I thought you weren't there for me and I'm realizing now that you have been and I've mm. given you a lot of shit. So it's like th- these moments between these moms have been like, that was a really cool moment for me in the episode. Yeah, going back to Dead Dads, the theme of this podcast for some fucking <laughs> weird reason, uh, is that once her dad died, she elevated him to like this heroic status yeah. and sort of forgot about the mom and then was surprised to see the mom was actually there too and young Kinsey was just ignoring her when her and Scott were looking at a memory. I thought that either Kinsey's being a bad daughter and not remembering both her parents, or I was thinking that, because we don't know what happened with Kinsey's mom and the drinking, Yeah, that maybe she blocked it because she came There's to some- the aquarium fucked up and yeah. like was embarrassing. That could still be the case. But no, I think that Kinsey has elevated her dad to some like unachievable status. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is easy to do. Um, let's go back to Kinsey's fear thing. First of all, I, I love... Uh, going to school with normal hair and then the next day like rocking something else that's such an important moment for all teenagers but i also understand how enticing it would be to murder the fear in your head yeah but we can all see how damaging that can be right like kinsey's in for it yes oh 100 i remember uh i think i've watched an episode of oprah where (laughs) this like this young girl did not feel pain and that seems awesome. It's like a superpower, but it was like, it ruined her life. Yeah, that would wreck me as a person. Yeah, like she would just chew on her tongue. She would like put her hand on a stove, 
that uh, fear would not be that much, but like you need some fear. Oh. Controlling your fear is good. Don't have it overwhelming you, but you cannot eliminate it from your head. That's you knew this is bad, guys. You knew it was bad as soon as her brother was like, "Hey, you removed fear from your head. That's bad." And I was yeah. like, "That's what I knew." I was like, "Oh yeah, that probably is real bad, huh? <laughs> if this kid can recognize that, it's gonna go bad for you." Let's do our weekly Cassie with Bodie check. Still sucks. Still <laughs> Come sucks, on, guys. dude. He, he gave- figured out that you have to hand the key, or like. You have to like purposefully give them the keys if they ask you for okay, it. Okay, it was right there because she kept saying like, "Give me the key." But uh, I guess props to this child for figuring it out. <laughs> Great work, kid. I will give him a little bit of credit because he is again showing that he is very brave. Because he, no matter what, he is not like. There's no direct threat that he knows of of giving Echo these keys. So like, and he's just like, no matter what, like you could kill me. I'm not going to tell you where these keys are. So like, that is a pretty big mold bold move from this kid but still sucks i'm gonna put some of this on echo who went from hey what's up Bodie? i'm super nice and i'm gonna be your best friend to give me the fucking keys yeah, yeah. you could have transitioned a little easier from point a to point b yeah, Echo. maybe don't immediately try to kill his mom like uh-huh. send her mom into a murder room uh-huh. and you could have still had this relationship like she i don't know literally said could you collect these keys for me and just drop them down the well and then collected all of the keys that Bodie had to find turn and he would have done it because yeah. he's kind of stupid he is very he's stupid. very stupid <laughs> and you just turn it into a fun game and you would have got them all yeah Oh, and then we also, one more thing. We got uh, the fact that uh, one of the people in the picture, the old picture of yes. the husband, uh, burned up. He was lit on fire. Yeah. So now we know what happened at the first scene that of the season. Guy. Little key guy that unlocked his yes. l- chest. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good. That was good. Uh, do you guys have a moment from the week, starting with Ryan? I think my moment of the week is the fact that, like, canceling out your fear is something we all want to do but shouldn't. But there is something that might do it, and it's drugs. And I think this show was sort of like why you're so nervous about kinsey as a teenager and being on drugs is because that's sort of the way that she's acting is i'm not going to go into my head and kill the fear but like i'm going to mute it with drugs Mm -hmm. and then act like everything's fine but we know it's not you know i think that they were talking about high kids without like wearing it on their sleeve and i thought that was kind of impressive yeah Yeah, definitely uh my moment is not as deep as that i'm sorry to follow it up with this but don't my- put me first baby i'll fucking i know I'll you every <laughs> I'm, time i'm learning now my moment of the week is when echo straight up like she just like essentially turned to the camera and was like tune in to see what i have planned next and i was like yes you crazy bitch you know i will you know you have me and once again we have a lesser episode but with that last five minutes it's like oh man i'm on come go. on i want to watch want to hit next right away uh, my moment of the week is when uh, the mom is talking to Ellie, I think her name is, and Ellie says there's a pool room down in the basement, and there is no pool room. So mom comes in with a straight axe and just decides to take down <laughs> yeah. a wall, and well, Kool-Aid man threw it just to find this pool room. She refurbishes things, so you know she just always has an axe on hand. Yeah, she's she's like, ready. Who's going to take down this wall? It's like, yes, girl, yes. If yes. you buy an old-ass house... Get that sledgehammer. You only have so many times opportunities in your life to like sledgehammer through walls. That is a, yes. That's a fucking dream. And she's getting to live it. Like I would love to go down to a basement and they're like, just tear down this wall. Let's try to see what's behind it. Like, yes, please. The only problem is that uh, somebody in that room that you're hitting into is also sledgehammering the wall and your sledgehammers hit at the same time. True. That that hurts your hands. Then it's a challenge, Ryan. Yeah. I'm into it more. Sledgehammer fight. <laughs> I'm loving this idea. Oh, uh, well, you guys, Lock and Key is on Netflix. You can, you've probably watched it all, but you should be watching it week by week with us. And that is it for the pool list. That is everything we watched this week. We did it. We got through it all. Woo. I'm proud of you guys. Caitlin, it was a magical moment. Thank you for joining us. Oh, yeah. yeah. That turned out to be way better than I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, you didn't completely shit all over it. So thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'll just sneak into your bag uh, more often. I, well, I don't, you were heavy, so I don't want more of that <laughs> at all. Are you calling me fat? No. I would never. Uh, Ryan. Well, I mean, like, even if you were, like, 100 pounds. 
to add that to any bag you're carrying. That is still hard, like, my, even though you're not fat. My feeble little shoulders, you're yeah. trying to break. You're trying to break my entire back, and I'm already carrying this podcast. Please don't make me do that. Uh, Ryan, can you tell us about some websites? I think that, that was just an insult to me, though. No, Ryan. <laughs> no, Ryan, I'm going to pass off some of this. I trust you with this moment. Please YourPopFilter.com <laughs> is a website that you can go to to find out uh, everyone who is great on PopFilter Podcast. I don't think Cassie's on there yet, so... It's probably at the bottom of the list, yourpotfilter.com. Also, uh, put a slash up there. Go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark. Buy all of your Amazon shit through there. That would really help us out a lot. We set our record last month for amount of money we got from Amazon. Ooh. Yes. And it was three digits. Ooh. Wow. It was more than cents. It was like a dollar oh, eighty-three a dollar? three digits. Wow. Yes. Yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. And then, of course... Your pop, no, patreon.com slash your pop filter. Uh, go to that website, spend more money, but that you will, like, we'll, that'll all just go to us. And, but you get cool things like Cassie, what do you get? Uh, our love and devotion. Uh huh. And Caitlin, you can get some cool blogs, posts, and some extra tidbits of information from podcasts. You know what? From now on, I'm going to warn you guys what I'm going to throw to you because that was <laughs> terrible. I was smooth and easygoing. I promise that you get way better shit than. <laughs> blogs we are not on there patreon.com <laughs> slash your pop filter uh if you want more of us or less of us specifically specifically me you can get more of mike and ryan they have a show called the ocd where they go through every episode of the ocd there's also mike ryan and that, greg the ocdd the ocdd where we go through the ocd and talk about it yeah. we talk about a tv show called the oc i'm sorry you messed up so- and now we're talking about it for okay, a really ryan, long time. just because i said i came in so bold you don't gotta take me down at every moment all right well, uh, if you want more of that asshole moment, he's also on Movie of the Year, where they the only show they have the science and screaming, where they determine the best movie of each year. They're going through 2019 right now. Caitlin, uh, where can the people get more of you? You can find me at Unnatural20s on social media. That's not actually me. That's the podcast I'm on, and I like it a lot, and Cassie's on it, too. What <laughs> Rank those three. Who Who's the best on that show? Uh, Look me in the eye. <laughs> it's totally books. It's McKenna, a.k.a. books, who's not here today. <laughs> Safe move. Safe move. Uh, Ryan, how can the people get in contact with us? Uh, you can, If you liked the emails or did not like the emails that we read today, go to contact at yourpotfilter.com, ask, them, ask us some questions, and we will answer them. Uh, or give us a call at... No, we don't have a phone number anymore. We canceled no, it. Don't yeah, call us. So contact at yourpotfilter.com. Or uh, social media, Twitter. Did we do that? I don't know. Go for it. Throw it out there. <laughs> your pot filter is our Twitter handle. At your pot filter is our Instagram handle. Uh, tweet us on Instagram or Insta us on Twitter. Yeah, please do all of those. Uh, next week, you guys, we're going to be digging into the finale of Black Lightning. So- Wait, before we do that, we're going to do that, I guess. Yeah. But are you going to watch the finale of Sabrina? I probably will. I've put in enough. If time. you do it, I'll do it. Will you? Yeah. All right, then. Yes, let's do that. All right, so. Two main events, Black Lightning and Sabrina. Okay, yeah. Okay. I'm glad we discussed that. Yes, meeting adjourned. Let's do that. Tune in for that next week. Uh, For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Caitlin, I'm Taylor. And uh, for everyone, I am you. Bye. Bye.